Hi, Mission Vineyard. Good morning. My name is John Arelli. I'm one of the pastors here. It's an honor to welcome you this morning. It's a beautiful, brisk morning. And if you didn't know, today is painting and cleanup day at our new building. So if you want free pizza and you don't mind getting dirty, prepare to stay after just three doors down at the Fiesta building where God has let us use a wonderful facility for the next months. I'm going to begin us in a simple prayer. It's just three words. It's come Holy Spirit. So would you stand with me as we begin with a posture of opening the doors of our hearts for the sake of God to move. We welcome Jesus into all of life. And that can be hard sometimes when we have fought through a week where we've just tried to keep stuff down, just tried to get through. So right now, I'm just going to posture with my hands open and say, Lord, would you come, Holy Spirit, as I open the door of my heart this morning to everything that's going on, and I welcome you, Jesus, into all of life. I ask for your lordship, your kingship, your rule and reign in my life over every single piece during this time of worship and hearing the word and everything. Would you speak and move in my life for your glory in Jesus' name? Amen. Let's worship together.
This is a celebration of a greater salvation. Listen to the verses from Matthew 26. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Now on the first day of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared for the Passover. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and where he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for, the many, for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. 
And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Communion calls us to remember Jesus in the way that he told us to do so. Communion calls for a response from us. This is a time to ask for forgiveness and to forgive. This is a time to be healed. This is a time to refresh your love and commitment for Jesus. From 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and we had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let us take the bread, and let us remember our Lord's broken body for our healing by breaking it and eating it together. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us remember our Lord's blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins by drinking from the cup together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Announcement today. <laughs> Bring once, go twice. <laughs> oh, Larissa, let's welcome Larissa for announcements. Hi, good morning. Um, I'm Larissa. I'll be doing our announcements today. Um, let's see. All right. Well, we're so glad that you're here this morning. And um, if you are brand new, um, hopefully you got a welcome bag that looks something like this. Um, it just has information about Mission Vineyard, but um, it also just uh, has some ways that you can serve the community. And let's see if I can do this without like dropping everything. Um, it, there's a, a mana bag in there. And this is just um, a bunch of different necessities that you can give to someone in need as you're out and about town throughout the week to, um, to share with them. There also is a um, connect card. And those are sitting out there as well as um, prayer cards. So if you have a prayer request that you would like someone to um, pray for you, you can actually put your information on there if you want to be contacted about your prayer. Um, or you can just ask for prayer and um, just send it off and someone will pray for you as well. Um, let's see. If you want to be added to the weekly email, um, you can go ahead and um, sign up on that Connect card as well. We do a, a weekly newsletter. It's just once a week. It's super short, and it just tells you what's going on um, in the church during the week. If you've been attending Alpha, um, we have a new but kind of temporary building, um, and the address is right there, right? 2611 um, Broadway. If you look outside and you look just slightly that way, right? You can actually see it. Super close to here. We're going to be having Alpha there for the remainder of the time since we get to borrow this building. Um, and related to that, oh, so sorry, that will be on Wednesdays at 6.30. Um, free dinner, so you should come. It's a great time. But speaking of that building, um, the building is great and it's awesome, but it needs a little TLC. So if you want to come help and paint and clean and do some mopping and just get it set up for us to be able to serve the community during the week, um, right after church today, um, we're going to be doing that as well as providing pizza and drinks if you want to come do that. 
So um, let's go ahead and just pray over our giving and the rest of the service. Dear God, um, thank you so much for bringing us together this week um, and just for all the blessings that you've been giving us um, through this building and through Alpha and just um, through hopefully the sermon today as well. Just pray over that and the giving as well. In Jesus' name, amen. was on, and now I turned it off. Good morning. morning. I want to wait for just a second. While communion was going on, I got a sense of uh, God wanting to address somebody in here. There were a bunch of words that were prayed for before the service. I want to mention those as well before I start any sermon, because I just get a sense, and, and this is what we do in the vineyard. We wait on the Lord. If we get an impression that he might want to do something, we just wait, and we see what he's up to. And so, uh, as Kate was leading communion this morning, I got a sense of forgiveness, this sense of, I just kind of felt the weight of the Holy Spirit fall during that time. And so I want to wait, and I just want to let the Holy Spirit speak to those who are dealing with issues of forgiveness this morning. While that's going on, and we, again, we just wait. There's no ramp, there's no band, there's no hype. We're just waiting, and we believe that as we wait, that the Holy Spirit moves. But there's a posture of our hearts that I just want to encourage us to this morning. So Holy Spirit, again, we just welcome you. Especially in those places where forgiveness is needed. Prayer team was praying this morning and they got a sense, again, just a risk of faith to the impressions that the Lord might be up to. Someone who's concerned for their daughter. someone with back pain, someone God wants to bless a business partnership, knee pain, and for God to trust God to find the lost through you. Let's just wait. I just want to wait for just a minute. I think the Lord's just asking for just, he wants to meet us where we're at. So that forgiveness word for you, whether it's you're you're feeling like, man, I'm the one that I need forgiveness. I've done something. I need to go to that person. Or you feel like, man, there's somebody in my life I know I need to forgive. Will you just raise your hands? Will you just be a little courageous this morning? Yeah. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now to minister to every single person in that case. And for you to do the work, God, as we submit these things to you, I just sense his power, like, and and that there's physical healing that has to do with this forgiveness, too, that some of you have been dealing with, like, physical stresses that have been um, just aching your body. 
And the Lord is just wanting to come right now and free you. So in the name of Jesus, be freed. Be completely forgiven. I announce forgiveness over those places where your body's been holding stress and anxiety from that place of unforgiveness. Come, Holy Spirit. God, we thank you that your power is that real, that we can meet you in this place and that you do the work. Amen. Well, that was a very different way than I wanted to start the sermon this morning. Uh, But this is how we do it. Sometimes it's not how we planned. Uh, You know what? That's not a bad intro to something I want to talk about. I feel like I'm preaching a sermon over and over and over again. This is the last sermon we're preaching in the series called Real Love. What we're getting at is God's amazing, unconditional love and how it's demonstrated. We talked about how it's demonstrated uh, last week through uh, good sex and that week before on friendship and uh, the week before on money. Herschel did a great job in talking about real love and, and how we interact with money. And today we're going to be talking about power. Real love demonstrates its power through movement and not monument. And here's what I mean through that. Uh, There's a picture that Carol's going to put up on the screen, and it's a picture of a cairn. A cairn? Any any hikers in the room? No hikers? Are you kidding? Oh, come on, hikers. There we go. We're going to get some Mission Vineyard hiking groups going. Y'all need to hike. This is a cairn, C-A-I-R-N. A cairn is a pile of rocks that climbers put on the path. And they put it on the path to help direct people who are hiking to the right next steps. A cairn tells us which way is the right way to go, especially when we're lost. Hikers do not put monuments to themselves on the path. One reason is because that would be labor-intensive when you're already hiking. The other reason is hikers know it's not about you. Hikers know that my job today is to hike and enjoy this space and that there are others along the way, and if there's somebody in need, then I get to help them out. Anybody want to climb the Appalachian Trail? Anybody ever want to do that? I want to do that. Oh, my goodness. A friend of mine did that. And to see his different experiences of, like, people helping him along the way and, like, random places that he stayed for free. There's another one I want to do. It's in Spain. And uh, you you just walk. I can't remember the name of it. The Via... The Camino de Santiago. And it's... You go and you just stay in free places and people take care of you. It's hundreds of miles. And it's just... This beautiful hike. I said it wrong, didn't I? I said it right. Okay, thanks. Real love knows that when we demonstrate real love in power, it's not about us. It's not about setting monuments. It's about setting cairns up. I was talking with a pastor this past week that's about to retire, and all in his office, there are cairns set up on all of the cabinets. And I'm like, what is that? Yeah, each rock, he said, is from a different hike. He's hiked all the national parks. I'm so proud of him. 
And now as he's retiring, he's not able to retire exactly the way he wants to. It's not in this upslew of growth and everybody's praising him for being the best pastor we've ever had in this church. In fact, he's going to have to pastor kind of quietly because of some, some medical issues that he's having. So he doesn't get to celebrate much at all. Real love demonstrates its power through movement, not monument. Sometimes we think that the power that we get to demonstrate is the power that's right, and it's true, and it makes us look good, and so that's what we go after. But it can often look really silly, even though we think it looks great. And now I get to play the video that I really want to play. Locals arrived, and Jeremy decided to give them a quick lecture on his theories of off-road driving. Now, I believe in speed. Power. Power and speed solves many things. Right. James, how far? Middle of the puddle. Speed and power! Faster. <laughs> Speed and power doesn't work. <laughs> no. It was doing quite well. It was, to be honest, I was surprised you got that far. Locals arrived, and Jeremy decided to give them a quick lecture yeah. on his theories of so off-road driving. This is an episode driving. of either Top Gear or the Grand Tour. I can't. Remember I believe which, in speed. But these three guys power. always get themselves in trouble. Power and, and speed solves many things. Yeah. Speed, right? And power, and it James, solves every problem. If you want a YouTube speed and puddle. power, and Jeremy Clarkson, you'll see him get into power. a lot of messes. But this is often what it looks like for us. We begin like we think speed and power. And as long as we keep going, then we'll get through or we'll make something of ourselves or whatever goals we have. Today, I want to invite us into a very vulnerable step, but a very bold step to give up your life. To give up the speed and the power that you imagined would be the foundation of your life, to make a monument for your life, I'm inviting you to lay it down. There is no greater power than we have access to, there's no greater power than we get to live in than the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no greater power and I know you're very proud of your lives, and I'm sure you've got buddies around you that have laughed at you when you try to use your power in your life, and it just did not work out. Maybe some of you needed a friend to grieve with you when it didn't work out. Today, I'm inviting all of us to lay all of that down to give up our lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that uh, you would catch us, that you would capture us, as uh, some of us have the wrong vehicle going in the wrong direction, trying to just do speed and power, to just get through life. God, would you stop us? Would you say, just hold on, I've got something better for you? Would you grab a hold of our hearts and our minds and our souls and our strengths this morning, that it would be all about you and your gospel? All right, let's go to Luke chapter 24, verse 45. This is Jesus. Jesus talking to the disciples about what they needed to get through life. What was going to happen to them 
after the resurrection, he came to them, and then he opened their minds. You can say a little prayer this morning between you and Jesus, Lord, open my mind. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it's written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. And here's the promise. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Now, I didn't realize this, but Jesus is referencing a very important movement that he's instructed his people to go through for a very, very long time. Being clothed with God's authority. Back in the day, Moses and Aaron, when they were setting up the priesthood and they were ordaining the priests, if you can imagine this, I'm not going to do it for you because that would be super weird and you've probably already been weirded uh, weirded out enough this morning. The priests, as they were ordained, they would come up and they would take off all of their clothes and become completely vulnerable. And then what was given to them, they were given robes, priestly robes, where they were clothed. And that certain clothing told the congregation, hey, this is now a sign of the authority that God has put in your life to live in power. So as Jesus is saying, wait, wait until Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power, he's not referencing just clothing as like, well, you put on a shirt, you're going to be clothed with power. He's not just using it in power that will actually work. There are weaknesses that unless we become vulnerable, will keep us from going forward. You see, receiving God's power begins with our vulnerability. And unless we engage that vulnerability, it's not just us that pays the cost. As we go into the world and we have relationships, others also engage with our old clothes. Those poor guys, Jeremy's accompaniers. Uh, uh, along the road. Can you imagine they're thinking, this guy, this British guy coming in, what does he think he's doing? And yet they're going to push him out. It's not just us that pays the cost. Some of us don't realize that we have power at all. We don't realize that as we operate in the world that there's anything in us that really affects. In fact, most of us think, well, I'm not like a TikTok superstar. I'm not a social media person that's making millions of dollars, so I don't have real power. I'm not a politician, so certainly I don't have power. I'm not Bill Gates. I'm not Elon Musk. I don't own a big company, so what power do I really have? Until 
we realize that there is actually power being demonstrated through us. Some of us, like, constantly through our old clothing that actually doesn't work. Some of us, through submitted lives, who have waited and say, I want to operate in God's power. And some of us, to be honest, there's a little bit of a mix. Like, I trust God with my sleeve, but not so much with the torso. I may be getting too deep in the analogy for some of you. Forgive my Italianness in that. I'm a little dramatic. But there's something there. We have to realize that no matter who we are, we do operate with power. So what kind of power do we want to operate in? You are, maybe you're not a social media influencer like anybody else, but you are an influencer. There's another word that the scripture uses for that, a discipler. You are one that walks along other, other people every day. Most of you see humans, breathing people. Most of you, raise your hand if you have this past week. Yeah, you are a discipler. You walk alongside other people, and you have power that you demonstrate. Well, the way that God demonstrates his power and his justice is through the gospel, the good news. For each one of you here and for each of the breathing human earthlings that you walk next to every week, God has good news for you. Today, the gospel is good news, and that's how God demonstrates his power. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Paul's writing to this church in Rome, this church plant that's much smaller than ours. And he says to them, I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. That word good news, it's translated gospel. It is the power. Look at this. The gospel is the power of God at work. I'm not ashamed of it. It is the power saving, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news, this gospel tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This good news takes all that dirty clothing, all of our hearts, all of our unforgiveness, all of our frustration, all of our ugh, slime. How many of you had a client or a friend that just slimed you this week? Family member, probably. And Jesus says, well, this is Paul talking about Jesus. The good news of Christ. That good news takes all the slime, all the dirty clothing, and changes us, transforms us, moves us from one. This is the, the name he calls it. He calls it a kingdom. It changes. It exchanges our kingdom, our rule and reign over ourselves, into a kingdom of Christ. It's not just becoming happier. It's not just changing perspectives. It is the absolute change of the rule and reign of our lives from us to Jesus. And so Paul says, I am not ashamed of this. Because when it happens, it absolutely changes people's lives. 
there's a, a book by C.S. Lewis. It's called The Great Divorce. If you've not read it, you should read it. And uh, my family and I are reading it together. And there's, there's this place where there's this argument happening. And this man is so full of himself. And he's arguing with somebody who's already died and is already enjoying Jesus, has already fully exchanged his life for the kingdom of God. And this argument goes where this man, he's so full of himself, says, well, you know, I need to get back because my people need to hear my paper on theology. And the guy that's been with Jesus goes, do you not know I have access to Jesus himself? You're so full of yourself, even though it's religious, you're missing out on the point. Your kingdom, you refuse your kingdom as holy as you think it is. It's not. You refuse to exchange it for the freedom of actually being in the presence of God. This is the good news, Jesus himself. This is actually the power of God, that Jesus comes in the midst of our stuff, and he changes everything. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed that my power gets me in the mud, but the power of God frees people's lives forever. I'm not ashamed of that. And yet, am I more likely to talk about God when I'm comfortable, when we've already had the inner exchange? Are you a Christian? Oh, you are? Oh, sweet. Oh, do you go to church? Okay. How do you vote? Okay. And we get into the nitty-gritty of creating safety walls around ourselves instead of being proud of the fact that no matter where people have come from and no matter where they're going, Jesus, if he comes into their life, he completely changes them. And that is power that we cannot deny and it's power that we cannot live without because everything else we're doing is just getting us stuck in the mud. This good news tells us how to get things right. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. I want you to look at that five-letter word, faith, and I want you to exchange it for the four-letter word, risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Every time the gospel goes forth from us, there's a couple of different places of risk that are happening there. Here's the one risk. I am depending on God justifying me more than I can justify myself. You know why? The gospel's nuts. It is crazy talk in this world. If you could tell somebody, do you know that this life is not all there is? Did you know that you will not have your job in the future and... and in the future, you will live like somebody who can walk through walls and still likes eating fish? Did you know that you will look like Jesus one day? That the whole world will be completely changed and renewed and Jesus will rule over all and all the governments will be over? This is crazy talk. But it's absolutely real. And so one risk that we engage in is completely getting, letting go of the right to the way that we're perceived. This is first step in taking off those clothes and getting vulnerable. I am not going to rely on the way I look anymore. I'm going to rely on being clothed from on high. The gospel. I'm going to take on a power that's completely different. Are you more worried about the way that you look 
than about people's lives being changed? That's the real question that Paul's getting to. I am not ashamed. This is accomplished from start to finish by risk. And look, as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. You could have memorized the Bible. Good for you. You could have gone to all the conferences and received the Holy Spirit so many times you've got bruises from falling down so much. Good. Look at what Paul's saying. Are you ashamed of the power that I have for you? Are you ashamed of what actually has set you free in your life? Maybe, it, maybe you've gotten into a place of disillusionment and you go, you know, I, I did receive Jesus, but it really just hasn't worked out the way I thought. It's still really hard. A friend of mine passed away this past week. Bobby Smith, some of you knew him. He would hang around the church. He's been a good friend for longer than we planted the church. And so he'd come in from Houston. He'd take us out. And man, every time I was with him, he would have a sermon. And I'm so glad he, he did. Sometimes I would think he's probably not human. He might be an angel. I'm going to entertain him this way. And um, one of the sermons he had had to do in Philippians 4. I think you've got the verse on your sheet. It's not going to be up on the screen because we... Are you, do you have it? Do you have Philippians 4? Yeah. Paul's writing to this church in Philippi and he's talking about what it means to rely on this strength and this power of the gospel. The Philippians have been so good to Paul. They, every time uh, they visit him and he visits them, like all the money is taken care of. It's like they set up all the meals. He doesn't have to worry about a thing. They send him all kinds of stuff. They send people out to him. Look at this. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need. He's wanting to make sure, like, hey, guys, it's okay. Like, I don't love you for what you're giving me. For I have learned to be in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And look at this. I can do, you know this verse, I can do all things. I can do all things. I can endure all suffering. I can endure the persecution. When I go up to people and say, the kingdom of God is real. Jesus is risen from the dead. Heaven is coming. And more than that, heaven and earth will be one one day. I am not ashamed and I can endure the suffering. Why? Through him who strengthens me. Paul knows that God's power sustains us through suffering. God's power sustains us through suffering. Can I tell you what does not sustain you through suffering? Alcohol, drugs, Netflix, social media. These are all numbing agents to the real change that Jesus wants to bring in our lives. All the avoidant stuff, all the places that we just go and hide from people, that doesn't sustain us. But look who does. But it's risky. The hard thing to do is often the right thing. The hard thing of waiting 
the hard part of laying in bed, not being able to sleep because of all the anxiety, the hard thing of waking up and instead of going straight to your phone for whatever and saying, come Holy Spirit, the hard thing of not trying to tear someone apart for something they did to you, of not remembering that as the way you live every day and saying, I'm going to wait for you, Lord, and would you clothe me with power today? That's what real love is. Jesus was talking to Peter, Peter, the rock of the church, Saint Peter, for those of you who are religious. And he's telling him, Peter, in order for your life to have any meaning, purpose, or flourishing, there's going to be a change in your life. This is John chapter 21, verse 18. He says, Peter, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do what you liked. You dressed yourself. Look at this. You dressed yourself. Why is Jesus talking about clothes to Peter? You dressed yourself, Peter, when you were young, before, in the olden times, in the old kingdom, before you were called by me to demonstrate my power on the earth, you used to clothe yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. Look at this. And look at the posture. You know, it's not a surprise that over the last 2,000 years, and even more with the Israelites, that extending your hands, lifting them high, a posture was taken when we needed God's power. One day, Peter, you will stretch out your hands. Oh, God, let me stretch out my hands every day to you. Oh, one day, Peter, you will stretch out your hands. And another one will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. I know there's a power and a speed in you, and I know you've got a direction for your life, but I'm just wondering if for some of you, God would like to just say, stop. You know it's not working, and you know what that puddle looks like in front of you. Would you wait for just a moment? I've got power for you. It will be hard, and you will suffer, but it will be the most powerful, most fulfilling, most life-changing thing you could do. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death. Can you imagine that? He would glorify God. And then Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Each one of us has a step to take today. Each one of us needs some power in our life to be displaced. Each one of us has some part of our clothing that we've been wearing, that we've been slimed by, that we demonstrate power by, that we think we're strong by. Each one of us needs some part of that to be removed so that Jesus can come and clothe us with a power that means life, not only to us, but to the rest of the world. And so I'm going to ask you to stand with me. No, actually, stay. Because there are some of you that need to stand for other reasons, and it's 
it's a day that you've actually been waiting for. God's been telling you there's going to be a day and I'm going to ask you to stand. And that standing is going to mean the difference between you living out your power or you living out my power. You've had this conversation with Jesus, and so I'm going to ask one of you here today, maybe two, that Jesus has been saying, are you willing to take the risk of faith that would actually give you life? And I would say in a very religious place with all eyes closed and with all heads bowed so that you wouldn't be embarrassed, but this is not a day of embarrassment. This is a day where you say, I'm not ashamed of the life that I know that God can give to me, and I'm ready to give up the life that I thought was going to give me power that's kept on getting me in the mud. If that's you today, and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, yes to his life, yes to a new kingdom, yes to being clothed with power, would you stand today? Would you stand today? This is for you. This is for you, knowing that it hasn't been what you've needed to be, but God wants to take you. Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, God, would you show power in these people's lives? Just stay standing for a moment. Come, Holy Spirit. We're just going to wait. We're going to wait. Come, Holy Spirit. In each one of you, God's doing a move in you, and he's displacing the old power. And you know what it is between him and you. He's, dis he's displacing it. Would you just let him displace it? And I could, I, some of you, I could, I'm envisioning your hands outstretched like that, and he's just pulling the shirt off, and he's displacing. Just let him. Just let him. And in the safest of places, Jesus now has something new for you to wear. Clothed with power. Come, Holy Spirit, clothe these with power. Come with your authority, Lord Jesus. Come with signs and wonders. Come in a way, Lord, that the people around them would notice something different and be amazed. As these are standing, they've done the real bold work. Some of you, I'm not going to ask to be bold too. There's some of you that you wonder and you can't remember the last time that you were a public witness for Christ. Your faith has stayed in religious circles and it hasn't, it hasn't been a place where you've, let it, where you've let the power of God be demonstrated in your life, but you really want it to. You're done 
You're done letting your faith be quiet. You want to actually follow, you actually want to follow Christ in public. You don't want to hide your faith under a basket anymore. Would you stand if that's you? You want your faith to be public. You want your power to be public. Would you stand if that's you? You know it. There are people in your life, and, and God's saying, if you would just let me be strength in you, it would change life. I'm going to say this too. Some of us are saying, well, I know I've got to do this, but today's not the day. One day I'll do it. Can I just tell you, today is the day. Today is the day where you let God take power and clothe you with power and give you the real power. Today is the day. Fear says one day I'll do it, but courage says today is the day. Faith says today is the day. All right, let's join all these people. There's a prayer I want to put up that we can all read. It's in Spanish and English. Can we just join these people? Stand with them. Stand with them. And let's pray this prayer. We all need to pray this prayer every once in a while. But for those of you who really need a faith that's different, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. And again, we just wait. Come, take it all, Jesus. Take it all. Don't hold back. Don't hold back on your power. Can we say together as a congregation, please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Let's just wait. I now receive that gift. We now receive the gift of your Holy Spirit. And we don't want to leave this room without your power, Lord Jesus. We receive it. And I think there's more than a few of us that need to say this, and I renounce the other power. I renounce the other power that's been over my life in the name of Jesus. It has no right over me. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And as we just wait again, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up again. And I'm going to ask prayer teams to come over to the corner. And there's just, as we're doing that, I think like there's just one more thing the Lord's doing. Carol, what's going on? I just got the sense that um, there might be one or a couple of you that you know you need prayer today. 
and we may not have called your number, so there may not have been something on the screen or John said something, but you really feel like God is just pulling on your heart that you need prayer, I would just encourage you to go ask for prayer. Uh, take that step, be bold, and go to our prayer teams and ask for prayer. Yeah, that's good. Again, any emotional, physical, spiritual need, anyone, uh, specifically someone who's concerned for their daughter, someone with back pain, God wants to bless a business partnership, knee pain, trust God to find the loss through you. If that touches your heart at all, please don't leave without seeing somebody this morning to receive prayer. Let God move as we continue to worship. We're going to leave time for that as these guys are leading, and then I'll come back and close us in just a minute.
that the gospel would be shared and lives would be changed. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Be filled with him. Be clothed with his strength. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be going over to this space that a business owner has given us on Broadway. Uh, he has said we want this building to give glory to God, and he's entrusted our church with that. And so this is not a monument to us or to them. This is a cairn on the way of continuing to show the direction where people should go in the kingdom of God. So would you come, even if you can't help out, we're going to pray over the space, uh, maybe even worship in this space, I don't know. 
uh, but we're going to dedicate the space so that God gets glory through that space just down the street. Come and see. And uh, if you stood and you really wanted God to show his power through you, don't leave without saying hi to me. It's possible you want to get baptized to really do that exchange. And we're going to be having baptism soon in about a month. So come and see me before you leave. God bless you. Have a great week. We go see prayer teams. Wait for them. They're there for you. Have a great week.